When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and co-manager, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jane's co-manager. And our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward, has sadly been fired from the show after he accused <laughs> Edwin and I of fraud and told our sisters to go eat dog food. Uh <laughs> No, just kidding. He'll be back next week. Uh, Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, This week we'll be talking about The Meeting from season six, which uh, is another super fan episode on Peacock. And then um, and then for the conference room, we'll be doing a blind ranking. Uh, Edwin has one for me this week, so I'm excited about that. Uh, The turntables. (laughs) How the turntables. Before we get into that, uh, Edwin, do we have any housekeeping? Alex is not here, so no. You can check out Captive (laughs) Audience, our sister podcast, uh, our new podcast endeavor beginning this year. We just released this week our episode about The Big Lebowski. Um, So you can find that wherever you get your podcast. We hope you check that out. But I think we should talk about the meeting and why we're talking about the meeting this week. Yes, definitely. Well, first of all, uh, the meeting... Uh, is uh, season? Oh, I had it in front of me. One second. <laughs> well, while you season bring that six. up, I can. While you bring that up, I can just say that uh, listeners of this podcast will will know that Alex last week in housekeeping uh, talked about how he's able to travel and able to record remotely. Um, because I think some of our listeners have picked up on the fact that Alex is on the road quite a bit. Um, it delights me to know and that he's not unable to make this recording. Um, so <laughs> it delights me almost as much as a couple weeks ago when he mistakenly said that florida is the or that colorado is the florida of central america um so these two things in recent weeks uh have just made, made me incredibly happy <laughs> it's been a good month for edwin <laughs> little victories uh the meeting is season six episode two uh, it was directed by Randall Einhorn, the director of photography of the show for most of it, and written by Aaron Schur. Of course, Aaron Schur, no relation to Mike Schur. Um, but uh, Aaron has written The Baby Shower, Two Weeks, The Meeting, The Chump, Wolf.com, and Jury Duty. Nice. It aired on September 24th, 2009. Edwin, why are we talking about The Meeting this week? Well, we had a great question from one of our Patreon subscribers uh, for our Patreon mailbag that released earlier this week. Um, Hannah posed this question uh, about the meeting um, and asked if Dwight ever got or if Toby ever got to see the steam engine that Dwight claimed to have um, in his slaughter, (laughs) his run of the mill slaughterhouse. Um, Yeah. 
it prompted a good question about um, this episode and whether or not it's worth doing an extended cut recap. Uh, we decided that it was. Um, so thanks That's to Hannah and Jemima for pointing out some of the funny details from this episode, why it might be worthy of an extended cut deep dive. Um, so we're going to jump into it for this week. I was actually really excited to get after it after thinking about this episode a little bit more um, and after rewatching the extended cut. Um, I know that this means three weeks in a row of us talking about single episodes and the main feed episodes, but um, or main feed episodes of our podcast. But uh, I hope you'll indulge us as we we dive into this one, because I am very excited to to talk about what it means, because on rewatching, I think this episode really could have been a different turning point or had a different feel if they had kept some mm. of these uh, cut scenes in. Yeah, I, I was going to say that I didn't notice too many new cutscenes, but um, but uh, but what, what, I guess I, now I'm curious. Why do you think? Yeah, what what uh, felt different about it to you? Sure. Well, we we'll go through we'll go through the different um, beats and moments from this episode. But basically, I think what is really different is this episode is the office kind of grappling with the fact that corporate closed the Buffalo branch in company picnic mm-hmm. in the previous season. It right. kind of deals with the fact that Jim has ambitions outside of Dunner Mifflin or excuse me, not outside of Dunner Mifflin. He has ambitions for his family and maybe for his career that wants to take him different places um, at this point in his life. Uh, and they alluded to it a little bit. I mean, they, they've, it's kind of an offhand line, but they talk about him having another job offer. So I guess the right. question is, you know, this episode could have been a bigger turning point. I mean, would Jim ever consider leaving Dunder Mifflin for a better opportunity for his family? Um, what is there something to be said about this new, the addition of the Buffalo clients? Because they never talk about it really after the co-manager thing happens. Um, the actual sort of pressures of being in the office and potentially getting downsized that we see in the early seasons kind of goes away as the later seasons go on. Dunder Mifflin gets yeah. absorbed by Saber. Um, and then kind of in the seasons that follow outside of, you know, Harry Janerone talking about Robert running the company into the ground. Um, and you know, the Andy coming in at the last minute, like the, the pressures of the corporate world or their corporate reality don't really come to bear a lot in, um, in the later seasons of the office. So this is one of the last moments, especially as Dunder Mifflin, Dunder Mifflin, um, where it seems like there's a little bit of extra pressure, more workload. And what does that actually mean? Yeah. Like as a sitcom, it might not matter that much. In the later seasons, it, because people are just watching for the jokes, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I I really like that. It's um, it, it, you're you're absolutely right. the The threat of downsizing is is the conflict in many many episodes, and this is kind of the opposite of that. They're a bit overworked, um, and uh, and taking on more. I I like you know seeing everybody kind of stressed out in the beginning, and and uh, and I almost wish that we got a look to see a little bit more of that um but uh uh yeah this this episode is also like so so funny that's another uh i mean what with the cheese cart and (laughs) and it's just a classic episode of michael you know um uh you know screwing things up for himself and everyone else um i guess as another sort of reason to dive into this episode, um, Jemima on the Patreon, uh, our, our listener or our subscriber mentioned uh, it's a top five office episode. So um, I do think this is a strong office episode. And by the end of our discussion, I will ask you uh, if you think this is top five material, because that is a big claim. Okay. <laughs> it is. 
Um, well, the cold open for this episode is very, very simple. <laughs> it's Michael is going in for a colonoscopy uh, and is asking Oscar uh, for advice. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I love to see people just like... <laughs> Just the way that Oscar just hangs his head and walks out is <laughs> very funny. And it's funny because Oscar shows some genuine concern. He's like, yeah, what's going on? I'm sure it'll all be okay. That is, yeah. <laughs> that is good. Um, but, uh, but beyond that, yeah. Anyways, the, the, we get David Wallace in the, in the, is coming into the office. Well, okay. After the, after the intro, um, you know, it's explained that uh, the Buffalo branch is closed. Uh, the Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch is taking on more work. And <laughs> Michael had to come in on the weekend because he left his cell phone there. Uh, and then we get David Wallace showing up. It's funny. Um, I mean, again, it's showing the office at work a little bit. Aaron coming in with all the post-it notes and Michael saying that if he if she keeps coming in with work, he's going to have to get another monitor because his monitor seems to just be a receptacle for post-it notes, um, <laughs> which he then turns to David Wallace and says, read it and weep. It's just like a show of how much work he has. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just it's very funny to watch Michael actually having to deal with, with some of these things in real life. And then Ryan coming in and asking him an actual business question. Whether uh, the new the Buffalo clients oh, yeah. go into existing or new, yeah, that's right. Seeing Ryan doing doing actual work, mm -hmm. um, post post shoe bitch. I guess too, you know, there is an element of Dave, like of Michael, of them acknowledging that there is a lot of work. David Wallace offering help, so th there it kind of acknowledges the situation um, in a way that. In the, in this extended cut on Peacock that we don't get in in the main or the inline version, whatever you want to call it, non super fan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I, man, I I guess like well, let's start with this with this main uh, storyline. Uh, the the David Wallace coming in, the yep. discussion of making Jim co manager, pretty much. So uh, David calls Jim into uh, the conference room so that they can sit down and discuss uh, something that Michael doesn't know anything about. And I, I think, uh, you know, we don't really know anything about until after the fact. Mm. Um, and we should and acknowledge, sorry, really quickly, the, the thing that they're talking about isn't them being co-managers. That's where it ends up. But it, what it is, is right. Jim becoming manager and the Michael getting promoted to head of Northeast Sales. That's right. So that's that's right. the thing Which that Michael I, is so afraid of. Well, would he? Um, I wonder if that would have meant that Michael would have stayed in the office if he became head of Northeast Sales. Maybe, yeah, because it, it seems like something he could have done from from Scranton. Maybe, but we don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I guess I guess what I wanted to talk about really is like. You know, sometimes we talk about David Wallace being a bad CFO, and I think this is a good example episode of that. Uh, the way that this is handled uh, by him is like really weird. Uh, you know, having like the Jim makes the decision to not include Michael, but David might, you know, be like, no, we should talk to Michael about this for sure. Um, I don't know. And then and then, of course, 
that like my, like David Wallace accepts the um, Toby's performance review right. of Jim and like he would know that he, he'd be like Michael I know that you don't <laughs> like like Toby and this doesn't really seem like that bad of a performance review <laughs> I guess I mean I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here I guess like mm-hmm. does David know what this is before Jim presents it to him um, oh okay then, yeah sure you know Michael proactively seems to show him the stuff in the file I guess, you know, it's funny because David Wallace, on one hand, yeah, maybe he should know because he, he already endorses Jim. He likes Jim so much um, that maybe he's either never seen this stuff or – or because um, remember when uh, Charles in the previous season says that Dwight's been more of my guy and he says Jim's been a disappointment. Right, that's true. You know, that's true. I wonder if those words like have any sort of lingering meaning for David Wallace, you know. Um, <laughs> I find that extraordinarily mm-hmm. surprising. <laughs> um, really? But yeah, I mean, I agree that they're probably, I mean, David Wallace is, uh, for someone who seems to be this elevated figure they all look up to, right? Meredith says your wife's mm-hmm. a very lucky woman. Um, you know, he does <laughs> seem to kind of just be led by all, the most recent thing he hears from Jim, from Michael, yeah. um, you know. So yeah, it is It is kind of funny in that way. I will say, like, it's a, it's nice to see him get, you know, give Michael, like, you know, he's like, hey, just say the word, you know, if you're okay yeah. with losing Jim, we'll find someone else. Like, you know, he, re- like, you can, you know, we know that David really values Michael. It's funny that this is all happening, you know, after the Michael Scott paper company debacle. Um, but, uh, but it seems like he really, you know, is trusting of michael in this case and maybe it's because of that i guess you know <laughs> he's like i'm i'm gonna listen to this guy from now on i like i like that they acknowledge that the buffalo client branch closing and them absorbing it has become a, a factor and i like mm-hmm. that in this extended cut jim says that he needs a promotion because he wants you know he says um i don't need a big house but i do need my kid to eat so I like that there's like an acknowledgement of ambition or that Jim is going to do something that he's not just going to, at this point we aren't in saber. So it's not like they have unlimited commission. Jim might realize that, you know, and even later in the episode, he says to Jim, Michael, how many times have I asked you to put me up for a branch manager position? And Mm -hmm. Michael says, I didn't want to lose you (laughs) and Pam. And I don't want to lose. No, I don't want to lose. (laughs) Um, but it was true. If you're Jim and you really want to make this happen, how do you do it? You go out and you get another offer and maybe you try to make another move because Michael clearly isn't putting you up. So you maybe you rely on this connection yeah. you have with David Wallace, maybe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the right move. I, I, but, uh, but of course this is just ripe for comedy. Uh, Michael, uh, wanting to know about the secret meeting. <laughs> yeah. He goes to Pam and, <laughs> and tries to get it out of her. Um, I, I love that he's like, he's like, what do you think they're talking about in there? You wished him good luck before he walked in. <laughs> he's like, he's trying to kind of manipulate her into telling him. I, like, I really? love that what he says. Like if I ever lied to you, she says, yeah. He goes, well, I don't want you to. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have any other move than just to say it. Yeah. I just don't want you to. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get we get some extended. Me. I mean, 
That's true. My, my, like as Jim says, Michael can do just as much damage in the dark. And Michael, uh, in a in an, an added talking head, talks about isn't it the best when you hope your two friends become friends with each other and then they become <laughs> best friends without you. Um, yeah. And so we do get to see more of Michael conniving his way in with the cheese cart with Andy, which I really like. Um, yeah, because that's just one of the sillier props, uh, one of the sillier ruses, I guess, um, in the show. So we get to see more of them building the cheese cart. We get to see Andy uh, discussing his time uh, apprenticing for a fromagier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I also never the, really. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, is the Grey Poupon line uh, an additional? Yeah. 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 He's like, he, he's like, wait, what if I get caught inside of the cart? What should I say? And then they think for about it for a minute. And Andy goes, oh, say, pardon me. Do you have any Grey Poupon? And he's like, yes, I will say the Grey Poupon line. <laughs> now I almost want to get caught. Yeah. yeah. It's funny in Michael's mind that like he can have the perfect line for, for these kinds of uh, emergency scenarios. But like only if like the, the exact circumstances come up, for example, when, uh, <laughs> when he, in the, in the shareholder meeting, when he's going to have that line about being was, on, well, Zamboni, we're on thin ice. Uh, <laughs> Call me Zamboni. That only works in like the most specific scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I never really noticed this moment before, but it, you can see Andy taking the cheese off of someone's sandwich in the back while they're making yeah, the cart. I, I have noticed that uh, before. <laughs> and we get the payoff in this episode that it's Kevin. Kevin. There's just an added scene of Kevin taking something <laughs> out of the fridge and saying, yummy, to himself. And then <laughs> noticing there's no cheese on his sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, and then, of course, the payoff. And then Andy actually delivering that cheese cart into the conference room is, I would say, a, a classic scene. I mean, this is, I think this is one of the arguments uh, for this being a top five episode. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy, <laughs> Andy really goes for it in selling this cheese cart. Going south of the border to Illinois. <laughs> which has formed a nice rind on it, which you will find both challenging and delicious. I, I appreciate that David Wallace chuckles at the cheese cart because very rarely do characters in the show acknowledge how ridiculous things are as they're <laughs> happening around them. Um, yeah. So I appreciate that. Like why on earth would they need a cheese cart made of basically sort of lunchroom cheese that they find in the break room you know <laughs> slices of american yeah. and like cheese whiz in the grated parmesan like how are you even supposed <laughs> to eat these things you know um because i don't believe do they even give them like crackers or any sort of thing to eat the cheese with uh um, well they're just the goldfish oh the goldfish <laughs> that's true and if you know i may what, be I think, so bold <laughs> yeah. i actually i actually think my favorite part of andy wheeling the cheese cart in is stanley what have we here? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Man, that's all they needed to get Stanley I, uh, enthusiastic about work. It's so funny to watch him turn around and see the car and be like, Hello, what have we here? <laughs> Kevin gets uh, after it too and is uh, reprimanded by Andy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that uh, Andy's 
Andy's apparently come in right at the end of this meeting. Uh, so uh, <laughs> they do not partake in the cheese cart. <laughs> and the way that Michael exits the cheese cart is a, is another classic moment from this. <laughs> you know, episode. one thing one thing about this episode is that there are a ton of season six bloopers that come from this episode. And in one of them, mm. Michael exits the cheese cart and sort of spins into David Wallace and Andy <laughs> Buckley breaks. Um, yeah. It's a very good blooper from this episode. Uh, there are there are a few from this episode. Um, so and it's very funny because a lot of the moments that are blooped, let's say, um, are moments that didn't that are in the super fan cut but didn't get in the original episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess let's take it back to this storyline though. I mean, you know, what we what we end up getting is uh Jim dismayed because David tells him this thing and then he confronts Michael about it. Um, and then all of a sudden Michael is, um, you know, Michael feels bad, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, like that Michael feels this way to protect himself and then suddenly feels guilty about never putting Jim up as a manager. Um, and then we get this last call with David Wallace where, uh, you know, they pitch the co-manager thing. And, uh, we also get the Foley, um, from Michael getting Jim to come in through the door. <laughs> yes, um, that, that is yeah. That's one of the uh, yeah. moments that uh, I think Hannah uh, right. mentioned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I like to see. I, I also really like to see Michael. Like he knows he's done wrong, <laughs> and and Jim is just like you know, like a like a disappointed father here or something. He's just yeah. He's like. I had a meeting that went very well with David Wallace and then he talked to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder um, too, like, cause you know, in this, in this episode, we, there's this acknowledgement that Jim wants to make more money in the episode that airs. It is never really clearly stated how much Jim gets in addition to this title and responsibility. Mm. Um, and you know, presumably there is $80,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh very good very comedically humorous Sean. um but then um you know i i think one thing that's interesting too is that like there isn't this acknowledgement that this arrangement is temporary in any sort of way it becomes temporary because the office gets bought, they go bankrupt they get bought by saber in season six but yeah i don't know what the exit strategy is for the co-manager idea um or maybe it's just another sign that david wallace and the senior management don't really know what they're doing you know this this, this is yeah to continue my point of like is you know is david wallace actually a good cfo it's just like i don't understand why it, it, it's it, i don't understand why you sleeping at your desk is better than you not being here <laughs> <laughs> i mean Michael should know better than to, you know, he just takes Michael's word for it, walks out the door and calls Alan and says, no, nope, forget it. That idea is not going to work. Uh, and then Michael and Jim call him again. Uh, Michael says that, you know, is, you know, changes what he was saying earlier and is like, Jim should get that promotion, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, David Wallace, like now has to be like, oh, it's just a co-manager, co-manager thing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any logical sense here. It makes it for a convenient comedic scenario that they have to navigate for a few more episodes, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't logistically seem to make a lot of sense. What does the day to day versus the big picture actually mean to this office? And granted, we're, we're we're investing a lot of, uh, 
we're posing a lot of realism on this on this sitcom that we love, but um, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it and it and it does and of course it doesn't matter, but it, it is like uh, <laughs> it, it is just like you know the structure of head of, of Northeast Sales and and a regular manager of of the branch is you know like an existing structure and it's it's just like why are you you know, reinventing the wheel with the co-manager thing, because I mean, like I, uh, here's the thing. I, what I could totally imagine David calling Alan and being like, Alan, well, uh, Michael Scott called me again and now says that he is into the idea. So I think that we should actually go forward (laughs) with, you know, (laughs) I mean, like we both know Michael, remember Michael from the shareholders meeting. Yeah. Um, but he's a very good manager and, uh, I think he'd be fabulous for head of Northeast sales. <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I, I wish that they would have engaged with Michael. So a lot of the comedic tension that comes out of this, this arrangement is Dwight's master plan, Jim and Michael butting heads, Ryan letting everyone know in the office that Jim can't actually fire anyone. That's kind of how mm-hmm. it plays out until the until they go bankrupt, right. um, and you know they get sold. But I would have loved to have seen them play with Michael in this sort of hybrid regional corporate role, where there are like it would have been fun to watch Dwight try to enact his master plan while Michael is away in New York, trying mm-hmm. to come up with some initiative that to roll out to the other branches. Like it would have been fun to see Michael in sort of a half regional manager, half corporate role i think that could have been a a fun thing for them to explore that would you know what dude that would have been so fun because like i mean it is funny when he's at the shareholders meeting and to see him like in the room with the big wigs making a fool Mm -hmm. of himself i think that would have been a fun new angle for the show um i do want to extra circuit but with a little more authority and like they have to actually give michael a little more respect like uh the way that carrot is like i'll just distill this in an email (laughs) Um, Michael Michael will come up with corporate initiatives like the golden ticket idea like imagine Mm -hmm. Michael having to travel to different branches and roll out the golden ticket idea Um, yeah yeah things like that and and you know it still could have been temporary because uh, Dunder Mifflin is still going to get bought by Sabre Sabre's still going to have no cap on sales commissions and Jim would be tempted to become a salesman again and maybe he runs into Michael at like a conference or something like that, or at a, you know, a corporate or something. And, uh, and he's like, man, you know, look at you, you're going to be manager for longer than I was or something. He's like, Actually <laughs> thinking about, you know, or, or maybe it's that when corporate is, I don't know. I don't know what, maybe when like people at, at the corporate level are getting fired because Saber is buying Dunder Mifflin, Michael would be like, can I come back <laughs> or something? I don't know. Uh, I, I do want to add that. Yeah. Hannah actually um, on, on our Patreon uh, wrote uh, also, why didn't David Wallace, the freaking CFO bring Michael in sooner? I work in HR and I'm having to suspend some disbelief that they wouldn't have brought this idea to Michael, the manager first uh, before the meeting could even occur. Well, the only, the only reason thing that I would say to that after having rewatched this a couple of times is that it was Jim's idea. In that mm-hmm. they brought it, Jim brought it to David, and then David brought it to Michael. Is that not correct? That that's correct. But I do. Or do you mean I, like the co-manager thing? 
I, yeah, I think, I think, I think that Han, like Hannah's kind of saying like, if like he knew what it was about, but I think also I could imagine a, a moment where David's going, you know what, Jim, hold on one second. Let's, let's bring Michael in here. Yeah. Like, I, I think we, the three of us need to talk about this together. Sure. Um, and, and does Michael know about this? Oh my! Well, the, the, before we talk any further, let's make sure that Michael knows about. The, like, you know what That's I mean? True. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but anyways, let's uh, let's move on. So then, of course, they announce. Uh, well, maybe before we get to the the climax, the or the ending here, the reveal, uh, the bullpen announcement. Um, we should go back to. <laughs> The other storyline that's happening during this episode, which is that Daryl has fallen and and broken his ankle, uh, and uh, Dwight is suspicious. This is a very funny storyline, just because it's 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 a pairing of two people that have like have some kind of weird synergy, but never get together, which is Dwight and Toby. Yeah, it's very funny to watch. Uh, I mean, Dwight being um, accusative like this is pretty normal, but to see Toby want to go along for the ride is pretty funny. Um, (laughs) I love when he says, uh, what have you ever seen Daryl in a race to do anything besides uh, come up for birthday cake? Y'all have a birthday cake? And then Toby says, that's not a very good (laughs) Daryl. It always makes me laugh. Because yeah. it is, it's a terrible Daryl impression. <laughs> you know, you know what's really funny too is that this is a pinnacle episode for Toby. This is could have been a turning point. He could have been cool after this. Daryl yeah. gives him they pound, and he's Calls like, "Team man, yeah, thanks, T man, yeah." And but it is his love of uh, detective stories uh, that uh, that ruins astray. it for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna you know, punch you into mush. See, yeah, like I do love that. So with with the extended cut, we get a little bit more investigation. We also get mm-hmm. a little more Dwight and Toby in the car together. There is the one scene out. that I'm, I'm. There is one thing that I'm glad that they cut for the main episode, which is Dwight saying that is it noticeable or is it worthwhile that only the security cameras don't cover this one part? And Toby says this for the mm-hmm. keep the three hole punch. It's kind of misleading. Cause I think what he's saying, I, I, I think Dwight is trying to allude that that's where the accident happened, but um, it doesn't I make sense what, with them wanting to check security cameras at the end. Sorry. I, I thought what he was saying was like that Daryl said where it happened mm-hmm. and Dwight's like, Hmm, like, you know, Daryl picked the one spot for this to happen where there's no footage of it. So that would be, that would make sense. Except at the end, when they're talking about what to do, Dwight's like, we should just check the security camera footage. And Toby's like, well, I guess if we really want to be sure, you know? Well, the footage would show Daryl, uh, climbing over the railing and getting into the lift. Ah, okay. Okay. Oh, okay, I I think I understand. It's an airtight mystery story for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare come for it. I uh, think if, you know instead of imposing realism on uh, on the corporate structure, we should impose re- realism on the, <laughs> on, the mer- on the the mystery of the of the broken ankle or whatever. Um, but I do. I, do, but yeah, I love. Yeah, I love to see the the creep of to- like you know it, Toby slowly is like. Yeah, Dwight's making some good points. And it's just like 
it's Toby speaking over the all this, <laughs> like, you know, Dwight is acting out the accident and like, you know, looking at the ladder and looking at the top shelf and, you know, it's uh, like Rain Wilson. Anytime Dwight is, you know, being this physical mm-hmm. is uh, is always a lot of fun. Um, I really appreciated the extra scenes from the stakeout that we got, which is uh, uh, Toby chastising Dwight for using these camouflage binoculars. And he's saying, like, the deer can't see them. How can Daryl? He's like, the deer don't know what they are. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's also that scene where uh, Dwight is is uh, this is this happens in the other stakeout where he's like, here, replenish your fluids. He's like, Do you want some water? Yeah. He says yes. And he pulls out this weird emergency packet that we see some in that season eight episode where yeah. Dwight is eating all the food from his emergency storage. And like to see Toby drink for that little water, like they both drink out of this weird water packet in this like kind of gross slurping way. And then uh <laughs> turns out it's not water, it's water gel. It's water gel. Yeah. What did I drink? <laughs> Toby's like, why would you drink that? It's thicker than water. <laughs> You know, it reminds me, I don't know when this scene happens or, and I, it could be that it's in an extended cut and uh, maybe uh, one of our listeners can tell me where it is if it's there. But there's a scene that I've heard them talk about like in commentary or in interviews where like it was something that happened in the writer's room that they brought into the office. It's just like a really awkward thing to watch, which is like, I think it was Paul Lieberstein or I think Toby does it in, in the office scene, but it's like him trying to close a banana after you even, you've eaten half of it. Like that awkward thing where you kind of like close the rest of the peel around the banana and put it on a table or something. And watching Toby drink the water gel feels like that in real life. Like it just, (laughs) it just doesn't seem to work. There's like something very awkward about it. Yeah. Uh, This is of course also where we get their, them connecting over uh, their love of trains. Um, They hear a train and Dwight knows what it is. and, And Toby's like, you're into trains. Uh, uh, do you think, uh, do you think that Toby ever got to see the old steam engine that he's rebuilding in his slaughterhouse? No, I kind of think that this was, uh, I think that this didn't end well. This doesn't, the way that this ends does not bode well for Dwight and Toby's uh, budding friendship. Yes. That would Uh, be my, yeah. Yeah. I think the, I think the end of this episode, um, you know, throws water on, on throws, throws water gel on whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever fire was, was starting to burn there. I mean, it's a run of the mill slaughterhouse. I don't know to why Toby even wanted to see it, but yeah, anytime. <laughs> yeah. I hope so, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this could have been, Toby loses out twice. <laughs> he could have, <laughs> could have been friends with Daryl, could have been friends with Dwight. I would like uh, to mention that uh, the so that the, you know that scene where uh, Toby says, "Hey, asshole!" They drive off the yeah. bag of dog food that uh, Daryl's sister has. I just noticed it in this rewatch. It just says "purest dog kibble" on the bag. <laughs> it's like such a classic prop bag. Yeah, um, for sure. And we only that's know like, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say that's like that's like uh, when when we make a prop in. Uh, in, in film or TV, you have to clear the name. You have to kind of like, you know, send ideas for names that you have to like a lawyer or to a clearance company. And uh, 
there are there are definitely cases where you're just kind of like i don't really want to clear a name we don't have time like we shouldn't spend the money on it like let's just can we just say it's can it just say purist dog food like it's not a brand like it's just a it just says what it is like can we get away with that (laughs) that happens a lot in tv and film i find um And it's only, I mean, most of the time, it's something that's so micro that you wouldn't notice it unless you're rewatching it like we are in this exercise. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite yeah. things that I've noticed is there's a prop beer. I've seen it in a few sitcoms, uh, most notably in Happy Endings, which I know we both like. Um, mm-hmm. There's a beer called Brazo, which translates to mm-hmm. just arm in Spanish. But uh, <laughs> maybe it's supposed to be like hug. But uh, but anyway, um, mm-hmm. I it, it looks like a Modelo cam, but it just says Brazo on the side. Totally. Totally. Um, uh, we find out that Daryl's sister's name is Gwyneth because he says, come on, Gwyneth. And then she says, sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Toby really, this is a, uh, how many times does Toby yell in the office this time? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have a camera? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one has a camera here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also noticed too, you know, um, Toby kind of like gets uh, smacks his head on the dashboard or something like that. <laughs> yeah. or, hey, oh and, man, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> go, go, go. And, uh, but like they actually do give him like a red mark, like mm-hmm. for the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> uh, the the way too that Daryl and Gwyneth uh, <laughs> come after Dwight and Toby in the office is great. I guess they followed them all the way back <laughs> to the office and into the right. annex. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that Toby only yells a few times. It kind of makes me think of Jim and how he doesn't really yell, but he exclaims. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the There's car the is car. over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was stakeout day. Perfect end to a perfect day. <laughs> imperfect end to an imperfect day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I guess maybe to wrap it up. So yes, they um you know, they both filed complaints against each other. So Toby has to do all the paperwork. And it's very funny because the storyline serves the purpose of extracting Dwight from the office while all this co-manager conversation is going on. Um, because it's the only way that he would maybe not be involved and not have some sort of stake. Uh, or maybe be helping Michael with some sort of espionage. Um, because afterwards, when he comes back and he says fraud was committed, and then they announce the commander thing, um, it makes everything that Dwight was doing seem so small by comparison. Yes, yes. And he realizes that too, that he mm-hmm. <laughs> he was distracted by this and should have been focused on what was happening upstairs. You couldn't handle um, my full attention. Let's take a what – what say we take a quick break – and then uh, we'll be right back to finish talking about the meeting. What say we do? All right, let's talk about every plate. If you're looking to budget your food expenses in the new year, you can save big and eat great with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Their meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal, so ditch the takeout to save money while still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. They're the easiest way to eat affordably. Put the money you save towards making 2024 plans or a vacation or a trip like me. Apparently, I'm constantly on trips on vacation uh so they say i get that money by saving money on my meal kits plus you know my wife works nights it's up to me to make dinner a lot it is really nice to be able to go to the fridge and have a meal ready to go that tastes good that looks good she comes home 
impressed I made dinner, and it was easy. In 2024, you can count on every plate to make mealtimes easier without compromising on quality. Every plate recipes include only the highest quality ingredients, including sustainably sourced seafood that meets the Monterey Bay Aquarium seafood rankings. Folks, I've been to that aquarium before. It's extremely cool. So whatever they say goes because they, they know what they're doing. And make the sustainable choice as well. Every plate offsets 100% of their delivery emissions and their meals have a 31% lower carbon footprint on average than supermarket meals in the same portion. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the U.S. So get started with every plate for just $1.49 per meal plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering 49Scott. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem $1 stake. Again, that is everyplate.com slash podcast and enter the code 49Scott. Welcome back to the Michael Scott Podcast Company. Uh, the third storyline in this episode, of course, is Pam inviting people to uh, Jim and her wedding. Um Michael, uh, they have their wedding in Niagara Falls in order to discourage people from from accepting the invitation. Uh, I mean, obviously, everyone in the Scranton branch is very close, and therefore, you know, they feel the pressure to invite everyone. Uh, however, uh, Michael spoils this plan by giving everyone the weekend off, uh, the, uh, a three-day weekend, I think, uh, if, <laughs> yeah. if they go to the wedding. Yeah, what we get is it's Pam sort of chasing down everyone for their RSVPs. And as far as the extended cut goes, we get a little more space with these moments. Um, it's not really like a full C storyline, but it does lead to some pretty funny interactions. And um, yeah, they have to decide if they want to work or have a three-day weekend. Um, <laughs> and I, I really love some of these little extra things we get. I think a lot of the extended, I mean, we talked about what some of these extended cut moments mean for the corporate reality, right? Or the business reality, let's say, of uh, of Dunder Mifflin. But mm -hmm. some of these extended moments are just really funny, even, but like they don't add a lot to um, the plot development. It's just kind of Phyllis holding in a sneeze or or being unable to sneeze. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but I do really love when she walks out into the bullpen and just says, who's going to Jim and Pam's wedding? <laughs> and, like, and there's this kind of like... Yeah. Yeah. Some people just kind of turn. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. Um, or I love, yes I love those now. little moments where <laughs> it's like the rest of the office, uh, to use Dwight's parlance, doesn't find Jim adorable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it's it. always kind of exactly. funny when you get those moments. Um, by the way, Scranton to Niagara Falls, four and a half hour drive. Hmm. It's kind of almost like the perfect distance to like, you know, it's like, well, that's a little, okay. Like that's, that's travel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if you were in the office, would you have gone to Jim and Pam's wedding or would you have uh, worked? <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of weddings. I would definitely go. Yeah, I, I almost I don't, uh, I, do, I almost don't understand uh, these people who don't want to go to a wedding. For, mm -hmm. for someone they've yeah. known for years. If you're invited to a wedding, yes. Yeah. Especially. 
a little rude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually very rude, I think. You know? It's extremely rude. <laughs> that, that is the joke. <laughs> I love, too, that when Pam also is like, thank you. I've been trying to get th- people to come up to me all day. Pam, my bag was there. Pam. <laughs> yeah. We also she, get a, uh, another yeah. missed connection for Pam and Angela. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, Angela, you seem so happy. I wish, bet you wish you were like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we also get a little space between uh, Pam and Kelly, um, mm. which I thought was really funny. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, well, because, you know, the, in the main cut, Pam, Kelly says, you know, I. And you really need, I don't want to go if Ryan doesn't go because it's kind of a waste of time. That came out wrong. Yeah. She says, I'd really <laughs> like to be there for Jim. And in this yeah. extended cut, she says, because it's kind of the most important day of his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Everyone is just being extremely rude to Pam. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's really taking it on the chin, man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Meredith says she'll just take whatever's fanciest unless there's ribs and she'll text you the day of the wedding. Meredith <laughs> at least is being very upfront. Yeah. She's being authentic. Yeah, she'll be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hells yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is, that could be another uh, argument for this being a top five episode. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Meredith saying, Hells yeah. Niagara <laughs> Falls? Hells yeah. <laughs> See, and, and another reason why we love Meredith Palmer. She, she, she wants to go to the wedding. Okay, I'm going to pose this another question to you. What do you take? Whatever's fanciest or ribs? Niagara Falls. Whatever's wedding. whatever's fanciest. Because I, as a bearded man, uh, ribs, <laughs> uh, especially at an event, especially at an event where you know I'm wearing my nicer clothes. Uh, just yeah, no, that's nobody wants to see that. Yeah, out of context, and I say this as a non-bearded man. Uh, out of context, I will take. I think I would probably prefer ribs over whatever's fanciest. But in context, at an event, uh, mm-hmm. you you want to, yeah, it's a messy, messy food. You don't want to be uh, gnawing on a bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be wearing the wearing the ribs afterwards. So yes, yes. <laughs> uh, who who else does she talk to? Uh, I think that's. Kind of, well, the the last tag is an ad as well. Um, in the in the regular episode, the tag is Dwight yelling, expressing his mm-hmm. frustration. In the extended cut, the tag is Pam running after Gwyneth, going Daryl. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> and then when she runs by Gwyneth, she looks and realizes it's not Daryl. Then she keeps running and goes Daryl <laughs> as if he's like yeah. up further away. <laughs> Uh, I do love to like when when they're when they're both in the annex and Dwight is like, uh, because you look exactly alike. And he's just, yeah. like looks into the camera and is like, are you not seeing this? <laughs> <laughs> I like the added to, like they actually don't need to be wearing the exact same thing either. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is great that they're both wearing a big green jersey. Uh, and I also, and I also want to add too that Gwyneth is just hanging out on the couch in the warehouse, <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> like high five. We rep, we showed those guys who's boss. <laughs> Let's right. go sit in the warehouse. <laughs> um, but okay, so I think I think that covers most of the storylines and most of the additions from uh, the deleted yeah. scenes. Um, 
one thing that I always in like I've been enjoying this more and more as I've been digging through or binging through the season seven extended cuts, but uh, it just kind of makes me appreciate the editing, like not just to reduce or to cut scenes that maybe are, you know, you, they have to get down to a runtime for network TV or whatever, but they're able to shave off things that seem super imperceptible, even though there's like extra dialogue there. We didn't talk about this, but in the cold open, there's an additional line where Michael says, do I need a safe word? And Oscar says, yeah, as he turns and walks out of the room. But in, in the extra cut, it's just Oscar getting up and walking out of the room saying, yeah. Right. You know? So yeah. it makes me appreciate editing for sure. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and uh, you know, and then just how difficult it is to put these things back into the episode so seamlessly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really still, I would love to, you know, interview somebody who, who works on these super fan episodes. I'd love to know more about how they make them. Absolutely. And how much work yeah. goes into it. Cause I think a lot of work goes into it. Um, I can only imagine. A, yeah. It's a kind of, I mean, at this point it's like a public service too. <laughs> they're, just, I agree. they're just putting them out. Um, it's fan service at the very least. Um, fan service. Yeah. Well, so here's something that is uh, not serious and a total waste of time. Have you heard Pete Holmes's bit where he talks about the phrase edited it? <laughs> no i don't think so but that he's is like funny. that would be the saddest th- like the thing that someone it's, it's not something that you can yell like if, if someone uh he's like the wife divorces the husband because he never edited the their wedding video and he's like diane i edited it i edited it <laughs> i edited it <laughs> it, it reminds it kind of reminds me of little italy yeah or uh italy. do you think frank did it edited it <laughs> <laughs> Frank, but there you go. Um, um, I guess, uh, and then like, let's pose this to uh, to, I'll pose this to you as well. Uh, I'm asking you a lot of questions here. Is this a top five episodes? There are a lot of ingredients, I think, that lend it to being very, very strong. I think, I think it definitely meets some of the criteria that I would have, which is, you know, it's, it's a pretty Michael centric episode. It all takes place in the office. I like that we get a little bit of warehouse. Um, you know, it has, it has some uniqueness as well. Dwight and Toby pairing up together. Um, uh, love to see David Wallace in an episode. I mean, I'm just saying like, you know, it's i think man i mean i want uh, yeah I, I i think it man i i'm now it, i guess i'm trying to think of my other top 5 episodes that's the thing is you have to make we have to make a top 5 a la bill simmons pyramid of basketball players like you need to have a definitive ranking to kind of know if this could slot in somewhere if it's top because, 5 okay my if top you go, five. i mean yeah my top five are like murder, the injury, um, I mean, I like I like your guys's favorite episodes, which are the I think the Dundies and Money yeah. um are really, really, really great episodes. So that's the thing, like the meeting of does it does it crack that echelon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If if mm. it does for you, dear listener, uh then I understand. <laughs> I, you know what, I, it, I don't, I will, I don't mean to cut you off here. Um, I would no. say it is probably not top five for me personally, but I would give it top five most underrated. 
Because I do think like this is maybe yes. an incredibly underrated episode because the blend of uh, sort of the business reality a little bit, like this existential stuff does kind of lend to stronger episodes usually, like um, what's going to happen with Jim to, you know, and their family or whatever. Um, the silliness, the Dwight Toby pairing, the Pam engaging with everyone in this sort of very funny way. Uh, Kevin looking for his cheese. I think all those things are really, really good. Um, yeah. So I'll it's, give it top five most underrated. I, I 100% would agree with that. I mean, I think like the gym co-manager arc is like, uh, you know, underrated itself, maybe. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's the right way to put it, but like it just uh, how we say sometimes like, you know, the whole Florida arc almost feels like a dream, like the co-manager mm -hmm. kind of thing kind of feels like a dream. All of a sudden an office appears in the within the office that wasn't there before <laughs> yeah. we never uh, saw a con we never saw nate putting up walls um <laughs> i don't know i don't know if nate's in the show at this point i don't think he is <laughs> but um yeah it uh it, it, it's, it's i forget about the co-manager arc and i get you know this is kind of the catalyst for all that so mm -hmm. i mean we might have to do this might be a fun exercise for future conference room, but pyramids like top five, top 10, top 25 what is, or whatever. What is, uh, what is the, the pyramid? Explain to me the power of the pyramid. <laughs> uh, I'm taking this from Bill Simmons. Um, okay. The, the sports guy, um, he's been doing, um, sports writing, podcasting, the ringer 30 for 30, like ESPN Grantland. There are all these things that he's done, but sports culture writing. I mean, I think right now the best way to reference him is the ringer. So the website where there's long form written context, but there's like a big, very big podcast network as well. Um, mm -hmm. And he has, he also wrote this book, the book of basketball um, where he like talks a lot about basketball, but there's this pyramid of greatest players kind of thing. So that's why I'm talking mm -hmm. about the power of the pyramid. So, you know, <laughs> the different tiers of, uh, of greatness, let's say. Okay. Um, so maybe that's an, it, one that we're going to need to go through is uh, maybe we can do it in a draft format or something, but yeah, um, do a power of the pyramid episode. Yeah, um, but a, another pyramid for another podcast, I think. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, also worth mentioning at the end here that again the cheese cart scene, um, the you know Michael pretending Jim is walking into his office and doing all the sound effects. Uh, Jemima pointed out um, <laughs> a few lines. Again with the cousin. <laughs> ah, forgot about it. We forgot to talk we about it. We didn't even talk about this. When Michael <laughs> is again wondering, uh, you know, what's going on in the conference room, he's sitting on Andy's desk and he's looking in there and he's like, how's it going? How are your sales? <laughs> Andy immediately just goes, how are my sales? Mm, busted. <laughs> he just caves immediately. Uh, he's like, And then he's like, you're not buying it. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah, this flirty, nebulous thing with my cousin. It's the Phyllis line is so funny. Yeah, she doesn't even look up. She's like again with the cousin. <laughs> 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 and again, just like so weird. Like what? Like first cousin? What's going on here? What? Yeah, what are you talking? Yeah. Like Andy? Why are you sharing this <laughs> with people? <laughs> everyone, the, everyone in their club has heard about it and moved on. Yeah, I don't know. You tell me. 
Hey, Andy, let's go see grandma this weekend and get drunk together. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, it again. Yeah, she also pointed out, y'all having birthday cake. And, (laughs) and, well, yeah, yeah, you tell the mayor he just lost six votes. Uh, Ah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Michael's fake phone call. All right, I love you too. Uh, Uh, this episode is see. also the source of um, many of our greetings and goodbyes from our voicemails. And uh, yes, David Wallace be like, ah, being pulled over for talking on my cell phone. <laughs> and then some of the ones you just mentioned from Michael going in and out with his phone. Uh, yeah. And then fi- lastly, too, Hannah mentioned uh, one of her fa- favorite moments is uh, Pam going up to Kelly uh, and Kelly just goes, oh, so jealous of your boobs. And then just a pause and Pam goes, thank you. <laughs> uh, great, great episode. Thank you to, to Hannah and Jemima for suge- just motivating us to do an episode about it. Um, mm-hmm. you don't tempt us with a good idea. We will do it. <laughs> uh, let's head to the conference room to finish this up. All right, let's conference room it up. Welcome to the conference room where uh, we will once again be doing blind rankings. I know that uh, I, we've been doing blind rankings a little bit in the last few weeks. We, uh, it's, an ama- it's been a very fun addition to the show. Mm-hmm. And I think for this week, the difference is that I will be posing Sean these questions. Mm. In many of our uh, other episodes, Sean is the trivia master. Sean has been giving us some blind <laughs> rankings. I last week, Alex gave me some. I really so, feel like you deserve the title. You deserve the title of trivia master. I just read the questions. <laughs> but yes. Well, hey, uh, and but and sometimes you let the calls go to voicemail. Um, <laughs> I I established this in the last uh, episode, but uh, I have dubbed myself Rank Sinatra, and I have dubbed you Rank Did It. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm very glad. Uh, it's it's very funny. We talked about it that that uh, there, the likelihood that you would not have listened to our last episode is very strong. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad I got to let you uh, let you hear about that uh, in person. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, I still need to whis- listen to last week's episode. Uh, okay. So I'm going to give you back to back blind rankings, and then at the end, okay. I will give you kind of a theme. Um, okay. But okay, so number one is peach iced tea. Oh, okay. So I don't even know what the theme is. I'm just no. ranking. I'm just blind. I'm completely blind ranking here. Yeah. Peach iced tea. Mm-hmm. Blind guy McRanky. Yeah. I guess, man, I I don't think I would like a peach iced tea. Uh, Really? But let's go with. Like, I don't think it's bad. Maybe I'll go four. We'll go okay. fourth. Uh, Limo Lady. Oh, well, I mean, Limo Lady is an advocate for environmentalism and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's strong, uh, to stand up and, uh, speak truth to power. Uh, so, you know, she's a hero in my mind. Um, I will give Limo Lady, uh, first place. Number one. Okay. Um, Pam's speech at beat ga- at beach games. 
yes. Uh, this is uh, listeners of the show know that I don't. I'm not too fond of this speech. Uh, you know, I I like to see you know I cert- I like to see Pam stand <laughs> up for her herself and say, you know, little Pammy's getting what she wants and don't call me Pammy, but um, but uh, it just felt like a leap. Uh, and a little corny. I'm gonna give it fifth place. Fifth place. Okay. Um, the next one we have is a. Uh, I can't wait. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, my favorite uh, Charles Minor quote. Um, man, yeah, that's uh, he's it, it's you know Charles Minor. Not a very enthusiastic guy. He's a bit monotone. Uh, it's great to see him come out of his shell. Uh, and, uh, you know, for something so fun as uh, playing soccer uh, in the parking lot in the middle of the workday. So I'm going to give it second place. All right. Number two. Um, and the last one we have here, this is your de facto number three, is Nana. <laughs> uh, Nana, yes. Uh, Michael's Nana. Uh, from uh, the Michael Scott Paper Company up arc, um, who, you know, she is a um, seems like a very very smart, uh, you know, business oriented woman. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, Michael didn't spend more time with his Nana as a child. He he might be smarter and better off for it. <laughs> but man, yeah, she's a bit. Uh, She's a she's a tough lady. Uh but yeah, I guess number three. She's <laughs> okay, so sweeter than peach iced tea. In the first uh, round of rankings, you have uh Lima Lady number one, I can't wait number two, Nana number three, Peach Ice Tea number four, and Pam's Beach of Beach Games number five. <laughs> Did you switch any of those around knowing what you know now? <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I, my my top two, I really like those. Between okay. Nana, Peach Ice Tea, and Pam Speech, they're kind of <laughs> maybe like all equally. <laughs> they're kind of all equally like a, a meh on that on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are interchangeable, perhaps in the bottom three. Okay. Okay. Now we'll go to the second round. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So the first one in the second round. We're going to go with uh, Meredith. Meredith Palmer. Mm-hmm. Supplier relations. I mean, the marinator sleeping with suppliers. I mean, they broke the mold with Meredith Palmer. She is a um, single mother, uh, 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 you know, has a PhD, loves to party. I, I think Meredith it would be one of the more fun people to know in real life from the show. Um, I'm tempted to give her the number one spot right out the okay. gate. Blind. Meredith, number one, coming out hot. I like it. Okay. The next one is going to be tomato bologna and ketchup. <laughs> uh, that is going to be uh, definitely number five. Uh, tomato <laughs> bologna and ketchup. Um, I would say mostly for the ketchup. Uh, of of the three ingredients, um, 
second to the bologna and third to the tomato. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that sounds nasty, and I don't want that. Someone ate three feet of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. Ugh. Uh Okay, so that's one. And number five, um, murder. Murder the episode, not mm-hmm. murder the crime. Correct. Uh, murder the not episode. <laughs> murder my favorite episode uh, of The Office. Uh, well, it'll have to go to second place uh, right behind Meredith. Perhaps, okay. perhaps my favorite character. Okay. Uh, the next one, okay, that comes in at number two. The next one is, what do you say, Jim? Want to play some soccer? <laughs> Another great Charles Minor quote. Uh, I would definitely have to give, uh, for the same reasons that I gave I Can't Wait number two, uh, I'll give this number three. Okay. Because it is the highest remaining spot. And uh, the last one, your de facto now number four is Cafe Disco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is that is okay with me. Um, I think again <laughs> here the bottom two probably interchangeable, but um, but I could watch Cafe Disco and I could not wa- uh, eat a tomato bologna ketchup sandwich. So okay, I think that I think that is perfect. Okay, so in the second round of blind rankings, you have Meredith, number one, Murder, number two. What do you say, Jim? You want to play some soccer? Number three, Peach, uh, no, sorry, Cafe Disco, number four, and uh, Tomato, Bologna, and Ketchup, number five. Yeah, uh, that's solid. Okay. Do you know what the theme is for these two blind rankings that I've given you? And I guess, would you want to rearrange any of those, the second five? uh, uh, No, I don't think so. No, I like it. You Um, played it very well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, these all feel related to me <laughs> in one way or another. Uh-huh. Uh, limo lady, I quote, uh, a limousine. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, Nana. It's technically this. It's not Nana, but another woman who is in the uh, the business club at the retirement home who says, <laughs> We could give him a chance. It's not that much money. Um, the peach iced tea is. I don't know how that relates to me exactly. Actually, isn't it? It's not the thing that Michael's like. You're gonna hate it. It is. <laughs> it is okay. <laughs> Do I? So, is it, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. The theme is uh, Sean's favorite and least favorite things. And I spread it out over two rankings um, <laughs> because I just had too much fun ki- coming up with the list. Um, this is great. And I threw in peach iced tea to be like, you're going to hate it. Not- <laughs> at the oh, very okay. beginning. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's the clue. Um, I didn't, I couldn't be too mean though. Cause I was like, maybe no. I can trick you and get you to put cafe disco number one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I decided not to. I just want, but I, I was yeah. curious uh, how obvious it was that everything was about you. <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah pam's speech i've said before i didn't like uh <laughs> meredith i think you you know that i love meredith i think we all love meredith yeah and uh murder my favorite episode what do you say jim want to play some soccer another great uh and then cafe disco probably my least favorite episode um and yes tomato bologna ketchup uh makes me gag 
just thinking about it. <laughs> it's their worst sandwich. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be very fun to come up. I know that people have That's sent them great. in, so I apologies, apologize for not uh, drawing off of those, but I wanted to give Sean a uh, a bespoke blind ranking experience. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah that was great. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, w- again, we're um, uh, very excited about doing more blind rankings in the future. So if you have one that you'd like to send to us, email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Um, you can also call us and leave us a message, 503-694-9314. Uh, check out our mspcstore.com. Join our Discord uh, to hang out with some other fans of the show. Uh, and you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. For five bucks a month, you can be a Scott's Tot. You can get a bonus mailbag episode every month where we answer every question we get on Patreon. You can get ad-free main feed episodes. You can get some other bonus material as well. Uh, and a portion of those funds do good. go to the Third Good Marshall College Fund. So very special thanks to our to our Scott's Tots for supporting us. Special thanks to Kayla and Brianna who run our Discord. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who designs our artwork. Uh, this episode was recorded on location in Portland, Oregon, USA and Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, well, I just want to say, um, please also check out Captive Audience, our, our uh, new companion yeah. podcast about TV and film. Um, please rate and review this show. Please rate and review that show. If you like it, it helps us, helps people find the show. Um, just want to say again, uh, we're excited to have Alex back for our next show. Um, I know that the last three weeks we've done episodes about single episodes of The Office and then also some blind rankings of the conference room. Um, so I'll be shaking it up for the next episode. Alex will be back uh, coming Christmas 2002, so stay tuned for that. Um, <laughs> but more important than any of that, we just appreciate everyone listening, hanging out with us. Um, and uh, I guess one last housekeeping thing before I say another thank you. You can get the Discord link to join us on Discord in our Instagram bio and in the show notes. Um, come chat with us on Discord. We love interacting with everyone there. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but leave us an email. Uh, send us an email. Leave us a voicemail. But thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us, for supporting the show, for sending in um, questions, comments, quotes, uh, blind rankings, voicemails, everything that everyone does. Um, I am so proud and happy of this little community that we built around our show. Um, and interacting with everyone is the real joy of doing it. So uh, thanks for being with us on the journey as we approach five years of doing this podcast. Um, just a sincere thanks for everyone who has uh, listened to support it along the way. Uh, thank Take you care. Stay much. safe. We'll see you next week. How <laughs> <laughs> was that? That was like, I felt like I was holding in a sneeze there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a doozy. Pippity poppity. Give me the zoppity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Closing time Every new beginning Comes from some other Beginnings end Good night Seeking the truth never gets old Introducing June's Journey The free-to-play mobile game That will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.